And of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The next two shows will be Thursday, December 8th, and Thursday, December 22nd. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are the Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young Devin Cruz, from AEW Griff Garrison, the Russian Wolf Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0 Dave Wills, it's still real to me damn it, the All-American Blue Chipper Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum Chase Lovelace. Stan the Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night Smackdown, Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage. And many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling. To find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina. As we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking Games. Hey there, sleepy Joe, he's been moving kind of slow at the junction. The minute, the It's the Newsmaker Line Comedy Show, Saturday, December 3rd at Tavern at Medlock. Featuring comedian Jim Gossett from the Rob Carson Show. There is nobody more talented as far as uh, making magic than Mr. Gossett. It's a fun-filled night of comedy, impressions, and brand new parody songs. They owe their soul to the voting machine. The Newsmaker Line Comedy Show, Saturday, December 3rd at Tavern at Medlock. For tickets or more information, visit NewsmakerLine.com or call 678-829-SHOW. That's 678-829-SHOW. Ready? 
Under endless trampling feet Saw a man shot dead before my eyes Bastard said he was in his seat Snake living on my tongue Whispered in my ear He said if you want to get ahead It's gonna be killed around here What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a special episode of AEW because I am now here to announce the new AEW correspondent. He has officially been given the reins because of the success of last week's show and because the ginger is completely fed up with this fucking company. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our new AEW correspondent, the one. The only Gator Ricky Ross. They fucking prostituted Kansas. Okay, um, this is the part of the show where Gator forgets that we don't jump ahead. No, no, no. A prostituted Kansas. Yes. I am ready. Okay, we're not in Kansas I anymore. Been, Easy I t- have been let out of my basket. There will be terror. Okay, yes, okay. Well, easy, Toto. We're not in Kansas anymore. We got to get back. Yes, we got... We Fuck got the Wind of the Falls. Fuck the elite. <laughs> Fuck all of it. Okay, get Gator, Gator, we have a show to do. We got to be professional. You will have your time. Oh, I'm ready. Breathe. So make sure. Okay, breathe. Breathe. Okay. Children, set your DVRs. This is about to be one for the books. Okay. All right. So. We kick off AEW Dynamite. Um, We have uh, John Moxley, who comes to the ring and notes that he only grew up around 90 miles away, so he used to wrestle in the area all the time. He says there's three certainties in life, death, taxes, and John Moxley. Mox says no one can out-wrestle him or out-work him or out-bleed him or out-sweat him. He makes it clear he's at the top of the food chain and the AEW ring belongs to him. Moxley says nobody can match him, and Hangman Adam Page comes to the ring and confronts Moxley. Moxley has to be sure he wants to do this. Uh, he says, um, do you even remember what happened last time? And then Hangman drops Moxley with a punch, takes the fight to him. They brawl to separated by officials. They break free and keep fighting, and security eventually pulls them apart. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I mean, it made 
made sense. Uh, they're they're going off of the the Moxley, you know, gave him a concussion. There was an injury, so it makes sense. He's gonna be mad at him, so might as well fuck, let him fight. It it, it didn't look terrible. I it didn't look terrible. Yeah, it was. This was this was well done. It was very well yeah. done because uh we because we don't know for sure if Adam Page is medically cleared or not, and I don't think he is because you can tell the few times Moxley got a shot in, he wasn't going like full. I'm gonna fuck you up. It was more like pushing him away, shoving him away. Adam Page constantly getting the upper hand. So I think he's not medically cleared yet. Because I think if he was 100% cleared, it'd have been more of a dog fight than it was. But yes, yes. even with what they did, it still worked. And security, apparently they went to security class. Because somebody taught these motherfuckers how to properly pull them the fuck apart. Finally, we okay. see some accuracy. I think somebody told them, if we're going to make this look good, Moxley cannot hurt Adam Page. He cannot hit Adam Page. And if you do not pull them away, it's not going to look good. So I think somebody actually smartened these motherfuckers up. Speaking of smartening people up, we, Mr. Vujarelli and I forgot to talk about something. Oh, yes. I, that's right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, we, we were going to mention the top of the show, but I had to calm Gator down. Um, as you guys know, last week, we talked about uh, the main event between uh, Chris Jericho and Ishii. And we were mentioning how I mentioned how it looked like a sissy boy slap fight. Um, and Gator gave some eloquent information about uh, Choppy because we noticed Jericho's chest happened to be bleeding. And we, I was like, what the fuck? Why is he bleeding all of a sudden? What's going on? And we had a theory that Ishii smacked the nipple of Jericho because um, I'll which, give you... Which, which in wrestling does happen and that yes. will split a nipple and it will bleed. Yes. So before Gator gives the information he revealed, I'll give the review. One of the things Jericho, I mean, Gator mentioned on the show was when you chop... The proper way to chop is hit the top of the peck or breast if you're a woman chopping. Um, but you're not supposed to hit the nipple. And if you hit the nipple hard enough, you can split and cause it to bleed. And like any guy that's ever shaved his chest, you know what I mean. Sometimes the razor hits the nipple. Next thing you know, you're bleeding. God damn it. This fucking sucks. Um, or if you've seen waxing done, they're like, oh, you're doing the nipple. No, no, no. Ah, nipple fuck, as Steve Carell would say. So the nipple can be a painful shot to hit. So we're thinking, okay, he split the nipple. But then Gator went back and watched the fight and brought I, so, something to my attention. Jer Gator, the floor is yours. So here's what happened. So I watched this with my children, my my um my wrestling school class, and my children said, "Gator, what is that?" I missed something, Mr. Bujarelli. I missed it. Amongst all the chaos, I fucked up. Chris Jericho fucking bladed his chest. He did what now? He bladed his chest. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. Why? Sell the chops. He bladed his chest. Th that was stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why? There's no reason for that. None. Now back to your regularly scheduled bullshittery. Yes. So the so security does a great job pulling these two apart. Fight breaks out. Then after we get by rid of... Two, and by two, we mean Moxley and Hangman Page. Yes. Yes. The chaos security breaks them up right there. But then we then cut to the next match of the evening after all the chaos is done. Our first official match of the evening, I should say. We have Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood with Cash Wheeler. Damn good match. Damn good match. Had, had psychology. Was well done. I mean, we this is kind of what you expected from these two, was it not? Completely. This is this is kind of what, if I didn't see this, I would have been disappointed. Hell, hell, the people were already chanting, this is awesome, which I'm going to shit on them in, in a little bit. Yeah. Um... This is awesome before these two beautiful, talented, technical wrestlers, even, even color and elbow, they were chanting. This is off. That's cool. They like wrestling in Indiana. Great. Yes. <laughs> nice to know. But then, but then later, I'm later I'm gonna get to a point. Yes. But but this match was just phenomenally done. Phenomenally. Yeah. The only thing that was a little scary that I don't condone is when Dax ended up in the crowd, but I don't think that was on purpose. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't need to call Stephen P. New. <laughs> they, they do know what they're doing. Yes. Uh so. yeah. We don't we only hey, if they haven't called Stephen P. New by now, that ain't happening. If they called Stephen P. New for this, it's little, like when the little girl got kicked in the face, she left with his business card. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying we've seen we've seen worse. 
in AEW. Yes, when the little girl got kicked in the face by the fucking champ trampoline butt buddies. Yes, I remember. Which we're going to get to those later. Prostitution. Yes, Kansas. yes, 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 we got it. So, but I will say, definitely enjoyed this match. It was an incredible match to kick off the show. At it first, was I wasn't excited for it because all I keep thinking when I see this is uh, FTR should be tag team champs. This is a waste of time. But the match was good for what it was. Two guys who wanted to fight, um, a respect thing. The, thing and- I, the only thing I didn't care for was the swerve at the end where Dax was going to walk out. Like, fuck, just, just give us the moment, dude. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I like to be... It's not me, though. I'm just... Yeah. Just give us the moment. Hug the motherfucker and let's roll. I mean, I get it, but I think I, I think it made sense because of the fact that he tapped out, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not a fan of the finish. I'm not either. But it's okay. You know, live to fight another day. He's a tag team wrestler, so he's, he's stronger when he comes to numbers. Okay. I can, then I, That I can make I, as a valid point. I can see that. So, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the tap out, but the whole walking away and then turning around, I guess, works because in this company, you never know who's going to be heel or babyface at any given fucking moment, so it works. Then, uh, we cut to the backstage area with Absolute Ricky Starks, who announces that he's entering the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, because he's coming for everything MJF has. Okay, this this wasn't really... I mean, Ricky's got the fire, he's got the babyface fire, but we just... Give me more, Ricky, give me more. Give me some facial expressions. Don't be don't be looking like somebody shoved something up your ass, okay? Just give me some facial expressions. If you're going to be a babyface, give me that fire. Fire. The man, the, you're getting ready to get a shot at the world title. You're getting your first true chance in the wrestling business. Where's that fire of, I'm coming for you. I'm, you, you get what I'm trying to say, Vinny? Yeah, I get it. I get it. What happened What happened to baby faces firing up? I don't know. It's where's, like, where's the fire? Give me the fire, damn it. I feel like sometimes a lot of these guys are, and that's the problem. They take a lot of this shit for granted. They don't realize where they're at. Because well, if, and the whole thing's scripted. There's no ability to be yourself. But yeah, I'm just saying. But give me the fire, brother. Give me the fire. Put the passion in. You're yeah. you're getting ready to get the biggest opportunity of your life. Yeah, it should Make mean me something to it. you. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, And then after this, we co- and then we go to commercial, we come back, Hangman is walking backstage, he restarts the brawl with Moxley until they're separated again. Uh, again, look great. <laughs> it looked good. Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking more about fire and passion. I think, you know, as mu- I, think as, I think as annoying as he is, Adam Page has it. He's got some fire. That's the thing. He fired up his baby face. And that's the that's the industry term is have baby faces that fire up. Give me a reason to get behind you. You yeah. know? Somebody fucked you over. Somebody injured you. You're getting a chance of an of a lifetime. Make me feel the emotion. And that's the thing. And that's why, you know, there's a lot of there's some guys in this company that are really, really good. Like like Adam Page is good at that. Um yeah. You know, as much as people don't like him, and rightfully so. Um, I'll be honest with you. The best guy for firing up in this company is a baby face. Get on me if you want to. Moxley can do it. Moxley, him too, yeah. Moxley can fire up. Moxley can fire up. Hangman can fire up. When he he fired up on Regal. Fuck you, Regal. You screwed me over. The only thing that's saving you is my my respect. You know what I'm saying? This is how you do it. Fire up. Yeah. Show people that you care. Um, Give me that. Give me that energy. That's what I'm telling my students when if you're a baby face give me the energy it's easy to be a heel and be a jerk and and cuss at people and be be an asshole whatever but give me that you got fucked over give me the energy put it back into it yes absolutely and now we cut to a interview we got uh claudio castanoli and wheeler useless are sitting across from daniel garcia matt menard angela parker and jake hager of the jas uh menard says castanoli can be anything he wants once he joins the uh jericho appreciation Society. Uh, if he wants to yodel, he can be a yodel, yodeler. He can be a Swiss banker. Castanoli gets fired up, saying he's tired of these sit-down interviews, and he storms off. Garcia challenges Yuta and Claudio to a tag team match. Yuta agrees and challenges Garcia to a match for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship at Final Battle. What the fuck? Why? 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 This was a waste of time. Claudio <laughs> Claudio tried to save it, but this was just this was just sad. Just sad, man. I, I mean, the only way that this would have made sense is if you had Jericho in there. 
Aaron. It was just him and Claudio. I mean, then it would have made sense, but it's just, it's not, this didn't do anything for me. This didn't light my fire. Um, yeah, I hear you. And I feel like at some point we're going to get to sit down with Jericho and Claudio, but I have a pet peeve with Claudio. I really do. Okay. And it's the same pet peeve I've had since he was once named Cesaro. Ah, uh, and we're talking about people like firing up and giving a shit. Yeah. Like these notes say he fired up. I didn't see it. Maybe you did, but my biggest pet peeve with Claudio is the fact that he is trying to hide the fact that he is boring on the mic. Yep. I am sick of this whole, I don't want to talk. I just want to get in the ring. Well, I hate to break it to you, Claudio, but you want a world title around your goddamn waist? Pick up the goddamn microphone and do what Gator just said earlier. Give me the it fire. Works it works here, though, because he did kind of fire up a little bit with that. I just want to get in the ring. It was yeah. just, I want to fight. See, I don't want to, and, then he walked, and then he walked away, and we left. We were left with Wheeler Useless and his monotone. I want to fight you, Daniel Garcia. I'll, I'll do it next week in that tag match, but I and want a rematch for that title. He's like a goddamn robot. He is, but here's the thing. I would be okay with it here if it wasn't Claudio's M.O. for his entire fucking career. And I understand where you're coming from, but you got to understand, too, he's Swiss. It's a different type of talking. I, I, I don't care. I want to hear freaking, show me you give a shit. Get, show some emotion. The most emotion he showed was when he was fighting for the Ring of Honor title the first go-around. Sure. Get, sure. show that you give a shit verbally. You need the verbal jousting because that's how you sell the fucking tickets. This is this is true. This and it, is true. and Cla that's my only pet peeve with Claudio. I already know you can wrestle. You've established that already. Anybody watching the program that says Claudio can't wrestle don't know shit about wrestling. Now yeah. you have a missing piece to your puzzle. So instead of holding up your puzzle with the missing piece and saying, I finished the picture, go find the missing piece, put it in the goddamn picture, make yourself a goddamn star, and you will get your precious belt. Yeah. And if AEW drops the ball with you and you've got your promo skills messed up, Triple H will show you the Quan. And if you know where that came from, you're awesome. Anyway, <laughs> Gator's laughing. I'm assuming he knows where that's from. So he's awesome. I got it. I got it. So that's what I'm saying. Fucking, you will get everything your heart desires in this business if you would just pick up a microphone and give me the fire. Now, as opposed to this Ring of Honor Pure Championship battle that I hope dies in a fire because it's fucking useless. More useless than Wheeler useless. All right. <laughs> pure Championship. Ain't a goddamn thing pure in this company. So now we're going to move on to the next match the evening for the TNT Championship. Samoa Joe defends the title against AR Fox. Okay. I've had a couple people tell me, man, look at AR Fox. Look out for AR Fox. He's coming up. He's gonna be he's gonna be the new next star. He's a star. He's a star. He's a star. He, if he's a star, I'm a goddamn Kardashian. <laughs> What the fuck is this guy doing besides shitting upon business? He is a gymnastics fuckboy. Jesus Christ. There's no... He just does moves. Make Again, same concept. Make me feel something. Don't just go in there and do moves, okay? You're, you're the baby face against this massive, brooding heel. He did try to come back a little bit. He had a little bit of a... He had a little bit of comeback. He did some flippy shit. But that's it. That's it. Now, here's the question. Are you going to remember tomorrow after you've listened to what AR Foxes, I don't think so because it's just like every other flippy gymnastics fuckboy. I mean, he, he's got a point. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Well, I, I am an AR Fox. I, I, I'm in the business. Yeah, well, I know. I'm just saying. You know, I'm an I'm an AR. I mean, I've been an AR Fox fan. I've seen him work. I've seen him in Lucha Underground. He's great, but sadly, he's not showing me anything different. And I think that's my only complaint is I've seen. It's like you've seen one AR Fox match. You've seen them all. It's like at well, some point. Yeah, at some point he has to show something different and I was hoping in AEW he would um, sadly he is not and that is an issue um, I think Samoa Joe was able to get something out of him for the most part because um, Joe is familiar with that style but also knows how to control it which AR Fox does not and yeah. Joe, is, Joe is able because of his TNA days see because this is how AJ and Chris Daniels start and Joe had to slow him down and say alright uh uh this ain't what we're doing exactly Joe didn't play that Shit. In fact, I was waiting for Joe. I was waiting for Joe to do the walk away at some point. He did it twice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did it twice. Oh yeah. Still love that spot. Still love that spot. I, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing Samoa Joe does. But someone like jumps on top and he just goes, nope, and he walks away. Why? It's the most real thing in the ring. Yeah. It's real. Like fuck just you. fuck you. I'm not I'm not gonna just stand here and go catch me. And he never does I'm that. Gonna, I'm not gonna take that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, brother, but that's not going to work. That don't work for me, brother. <laughs> sorry, I ain't, I ain't here to play the kitty tricks. So he hits the muscle buster for the win. He then grabs a microphone and proclaims that he is the king of television. Wardlow appears on the video screen and says he's coming for what's his, and he tells Joe that it is Wardlow's world. Wayne's world. Wayne's world. Sorry, totally, Mr. Boudreaux. <laughs> Party time. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Wardlow's world. Party on, Wardlow. Party on, Joe. God damn it. But the thing is, when I look at this, Samoa Joe, I, I like the fact he's calling himself the king of television because he basically is. He's holding two, basically, television titles. Yes. Um, but Warlow's talking about coming for what's his. Here's the question I have. What's his? Exactly. Like, is he coming for the TNT championship? Because that was what he lost. Because here's the thing. I know he probably wants that belt back. Maybe he'll challenge him at Winter is Coming. But if I was Wardlow, here's what I would do. Or better yet, if I was Tony Khan, this is what I would do. Samoa Joe has a Ring of Honor championship. I would set them up for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Yes. I would have Wardlow versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television championship at Final Battle. And maybe have Wardlow take that from Joe. That way, they kind of trade belts or something and do something with that because yeah, I think I, honestly I think just unify the motherfuckers and say fuck it well yeah I would unify them but only if Ring of Honor is not getting its own TV deal or if, well, if I don't I, know what, I don't know what's gonna happen with Ring of Honor I mean if it was me I'd have it as I'd have it as a child promotion in NXT a developmental for say yeah I would too but, but I, I doubt they'd ever do that no they use dark and elevation for that yeah. no one gives a fuck Does anyone act, I don't know anybody that actually sits through that fucking show and if you do you're sad can i just say that you live a sad life if you watch dark you elevation no, you have no life you have no girlfriend you have a small penis i'm sorry and the only people and that are ex- in your name is probably zach anyway and- <laughs> You are the only exceptions to the rule are the people that are in the state and in the in the arena that night because they do tape those before dynamite. So if you happen to be in the building, so be it. Like, yeah, well, you just like fuck it. I'm gonna watch a little extra wrestling. Yeah, exactly. But if you're actually going on YouTube and watching this, you're you sad. Have no life. You have a small penis. Your name is probably Zach. <laughs> exactly. You then... like beer and whiskey, and you like to get people in trouble with with Twitch for trying to smoke the green shit. Anyway, <laughs> yes, a video package highlights. Power Powerhouse Hobbs' background. He says he's coming for what belongs to him. So, of course, this begs the question, what belongs to him? We don't know, children. Find out next week on AEW. This was the thing. I'm coming for what's mine. You didn't what lose you- anything, you dumb fuck. No, you got beat. You weren't the... You you, you were not the champion of, e- of e- at any point. Here's what's hilarious to me, okay? They basically, they basically went to Oakland and said, be a black guy from Oakland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's your gimmick. You're a black guy from Oakland. Okay. Or they had him like walking around like at these guys shooting dice and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, don't mess with him. You got to watch out for him. And then he's walking. They love it when they call me Big Papa. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody's scared of him. Yes. yes. And then we cut to um, the broadcast team highlighting uh, FTW champion Hook's recent win over Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Yay. Red Realm. Here's what I'm going to say about this. One of the biggest issues people have with AEW, or at least I should say I do, is how when this company first was formed, they said they wanted to present a more sports-based product. I think we can all agree it's been anything but a sports-based product, especially since the nightmare left. Gator, would you agree or disagree? I'm with you on that. This is the most sports-based thing I've seen on the show since the nightmare left the company. Was this right here? This was like John Madden circling. Sorry. Here's the thing. Are these guys doing anything other than jobbing? I, I don't know. Okay, that there's my point. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. And with Hook, the thing with Hook, okay? Hook is greener than babysit. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm not saying that because that's Taz's kid. I'm saying that because the kid doesn't have enough experience yet. That's probably why he, he hasn't been would, on TV as much. He's one of the ones that would benefit from a developmental program. Yes, he would. He definitely he would. would. And But I'm just saying, the way they kept circling,
circling things, like a John Madden style thing, and explaining how he broke out of this submission and locked in the red rum. Like, the way they explained it was very well done. Like, I'm like, holy shit, this is how sports people would explain shit. This is what you would think when you have a sports-based broadcast. Yeah, which we already know we don't. But that, like I said, that's... We don't have but if it. you wanted to do a modern sports broadcast, that's how you would do that. Yeah. So I'm just, it's, a, it's a step in the, in the right direction. Yeah. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we cut to the thing that everyone will be talking about for weeks to come or months. Years from now, this will be played in classic clips. The in-ring segment with the new world heavyweight champion, MJF. William Regal comes to the ring and introduces AEW world champion, MJF. The champion comes to the ring and tells the fans to shut up. He reveals that Regal sent him an email after the firm attacked him in which he told MJF he could become the greatest villain of this generation. In the email, Regal told him to get rid of the diamond ring and go for the brass ring. MJF says Regal told him to use the brass knuckles at full gear and relieve John Moxley with an emotional scar. He turns his attention to the firm and says he, ex- he respects the group for attacking him when he was weak. MJF says he's not the type to chase anyone down. He yes. discusses his title win and says he wanted to make some changes. MJF says the title itself makes him want to gag, as none of the former champions are on his level. He says the title is garbage, and he drops it to the ground. I honestly thought there was going to be a wastebasket out there. Side note. MJF introduces a new world championship and calls it the Big Burberry Belt, and it's the most important title in the industry. He says no one deserves to hold it more than him. MJF says Eddie Kingston will never be a world champion, and he calls Ricky Starks a fake star. He calls Brian Danielson a fake wrestler and says compared to him, Danielson couldn't <laughs> wrestle his way out of a paper bag. MJF says that as long as he's in AEW, nobody else will know what it's like to be on top. He says he'll hold the title until the bidding war of 2024, and he will yeah. use the title to get the biggest contract in wrestling. He says he hopes the right con foots the bill and he's not talking about Tony. He's talking about jolly old St. Nick and the game trips. He also teases that he could leave for Hollywood. MGO says even his fans' happiness will turn to resentment because they're fickle as they will turn on him. He says everyone will keep tuning in to watch AEW hoping to see him lose. Spoiler alert, he won't. MGF says he's a special attraction so he won't wrestle very often. He makes it clear that most of his title matches will be on pay-per-view because the first one's going to be on TV for the winner is coming. Uh, MJF vows to have a reign that will make those of Hulk Hogan and JBL seem short and sweet. He calls Bruno San Martino a schmuck that will roll over in his grave and says his reign of terror has just begun. MJF credits Regal for making this possible before he blindsides him with a shot to the back of the head with a brass knuck. He says Regal made a deal with the devil. MJF tells Regal to send him his stuff once he's a top talent. Just as Regal told him in an email years ago. The medical team checks on Regal and Brian Danielson comes to the ring as well. Regal gets loaded onto a stretcher and taken to the back. After commercial break, he is driven away in an ambulance. God damn, this was gold. This was motherfucking gold. This was phenomenal. MJF is a generational talent. And if you do not think that this guy is capable of holding a world title, holding your attention, and entertaining you and making you legitimately hate him, then something is wrong with you. This was fucking heat. The good kind of heat. Not the elite CM Punk kind of heat. This was the good shit. Benny. Help me out here. <laughs> I was in a state of fucking shock when he decked Regal with the brass. I kind of saw it coming when he walked behind him, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. But just because it's because of the analysis brain that I have. He's got the brass knuckles on. He's walking behind Regal. There's got to be a reason. Well, and then he decks him. And I was well, like, Regal, Regal does have those. Me- okay. For a shoot, which means for real, Regal legitimately does have those medical problems that they stated last week. He does have a brain bleed. He does 
have other issues with his neck and his back. Okay, this this shit's legit. Okay, yeah. did you see the blood too? Rigo had a blood capsule. Did you see the blood? No, I did not. No, they, I did not see any blood. Had blood in his mouth. He had a blood capsule. He spat blood. Okay, that I didn't catch. It was beautiful. You couldn't really catch it unless you were looking right at Regal as they as they hold him on the stretcher. It looked it looked so good. They took the bottom of rope loose to get the stretcher in the ring. Yeah, I mean they really they really went all out with this and attention to detail. This was perfect. Yeah, and here's why here's why I love this because this is what MJF understands and this is what makes him a generational talent. He knows that every time he has gone out to the ring, he knows that the edgier he gets, the more he says fuck the system, the more he shoots or does work shoots or whatever, the fans can't get enough of him. He is one of those guys. That's why we kept saying he needed to go babyface because he kept getting cheered. Well, he found a way to keep the heat going because think about it. Look at everything he touched on. He did the traditional stuff. No one deserves his title more than him. We all agree on that. That's not going to get you heat because everybody already knows. Fans love Eddie Kingston. He'll never be a world champion. That triggers fans because people believe Eddie Kingston does deserve it. Ricky Starks and, is a fake. And I agree that's that's negatory, but anyway. Ricky Starks, they're saying he's a fake star. A lot of people love Ricky Starks, like, you know, bullshit. Hating on Danielson for his wrestling, that pisses fans off. He's hitting all the pressure points. And here's what I really love about it. He's using the word fake, which all of us hate. Yes. Who gets mad? No, it, that's one thing. We, we If there's one thing that logical fans and smart marks can all agree on. We don't agree on much, but we can all agree on one thing. When someone uses the word fake to describe wrestling, it makes us angry. It makes everyone angry when you do it. So for MJF, once again, he's hitting something. Then he talks about the bidding war of 2024 and saying, oh, no, I don't want to stay here. I want to go to WWE. Now you're hitting them again because no one wants to hear because he knows AEW fans do not like to hear that WWE is a superior product. They don't. Even if they're, even if you got someone looking from an objective viewpoint going, WWE is doing way better right now. They're like, fuck you. AEW is perfect in every way like if you Here's even the thing. he knew exactly how to piss off AEW fans and that was by going for the jugular which meant going for triple h and nick khan in that whole situation but and then it got better because then he brought up hollywood because again yeah. fans don't like it when wrestlers start doing more hollywood stuff they sell out they sell out it's for like quote, for quote for quote, quote of the marks they sell out. Exactly. They And that's the thing. You've done it to The Rock. Cena. They've done it to Cena, even though Hogan, Hogan has gone. Piper's gone Hollywood. Uh, yep. Andre the Giant. Um, Goldberg. Goldberg, Steve Austin, Kevin Ash. A lot of yep. wrestlers have gone to Hollywood. I think Cena was the only one that didn't get a lot of heat, but that's only because he was a full-time wrestler from 2002 to 2016. If anyone deserved, yeah, like if anyone deserved to take a fucking break and become, if any wrestler... And all of wrestling has earned the right to work part time. It's John Cena, and we all agree on that. Like, he was, he, and he was going, he was going so hard it wasn't even funny. The man was wrestling five times a week. Six exactly, times. he was full time going hard during that time. The Rock was full time from like '96 to about 2002. That's not a long time. Yeah. So The Rock didn't have that much long, didn't have that long as a full time guy for that to be yeah. accept, acceptable. Cena, like I said, 2002 to 2016. 16 was when he went part time, and he's been part-time ever since so cena was at a point where he could do that so he he was able to avoid the stigma the rock got hit with it bad cody got hit with it bad a lot of people got hit with it bad so mj the thought of mjf saying i'll just leave and go to hollywood hits him again and that oh and acknowledging that the fans are fickle they don't like that either like m and he's talking about talking about hogan and jbl which i don't think that was really gonna hit hurt the marks because a lot of marks don't like hogan because they're dumb and a lot of them don't don't like JBL because he's a bully. Um, but Bruno San Martino, that was a heavy hit. That was a good one. I think the Bruno one was definitely a hit. So I liked that. And then the blind siding of William Regal. So he hit and touched on everything. This, like, that's why this segment was a fucking work of art. And again, 
This is how you get heat in the modern era. Yeah, and MJF is smart enough to get that. He's like, I want to stay a heel. Well, you're going to have to do something, and he did. This is a heel MJF that I can get behind, uh, being honest. Because if, ha- if he was doing the same old MJF for the last three years as a heel, I would be shitting all over this. Because it's like, dude, give it up. You're a baby face now. You found a reason to stay heel. Now I'm on board with a heel MJF because he's getting more aggressive, and he's picking the right spot to trigger the fans. And so, he, knows, he knows he doesn't have to sit there and say shit, fucking titties and all that. He doesn't. That, that's the thing. That's the thing that pisses me off. With, and we're going to get to her in a minute. Fucking Jade Cargill. The only thing she knew how to do was to come out and say, cut the shit, motherfucker. And that was it. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need to be offensive to get heat, man. It works. All right. I'm just saying, let's not skip ahead right now. Um, no, I'm not skipping ahead. What I'm saying in general is, is MJF has figured out, I don't need to come out here and say shit, fuck, Teddy's cunt, clock sucker, motherfucker, bitch. I don't have to say all that. All I have to do is be a prick. <laughs> Which he's good <laughs> at being. Be my natural fucking prickish shell. That's all I have to do is pick my spots and be a douchebag. Absolutely. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Um, If we even want to call it that. Uh, Ricky Starks goes one-on-one against Ari Davari. Squash. I mean, what else do you want me to say? It's a squash. Yeah, this was sad. It's a, it's a squash. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Um, And the only thing interesting was Ethan Page reminding Matt Hardy that they own him and he's going to win the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal and Matt Hardy's going to help him because why not? We because we, Welcome to AEW where we treat legends like garbage. Yes, yes. Let's shit on the legends to get these new guys over. Half of which are fucking assholes that shot upon the business that these legends have built for them to even stand out there and be a douchebag. Exactly. Oh, oh, my name's Julian. I play the part of Ethan Page. Fuck you and the horse you rode on, you dirty, no-good-looking Mexican fat fuck. Okay. Um, Sorry. Alright, well, anyway. That's not, uh, even the rant, that's not even the rant you're waiting for. Just wait. Okay. Well, um, yeah, Ricky Starrs hit the Rochambeau, got a win, got rid of all that. Then we cut to the backstage area where Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter are standing by for an interview. Hayter, t- Hayter told Tony Schiavone to interview her next week. Okay, we're going to have Tony interview the women's champion next week. Moving on! It's like, why were they complaining about not being interviewed when they literally had a microphone and was about to talk to them right there? They were getting interviewed. It- Moving on! This is fucking stupid. Like, that was just dumb as fuck. That, that would be like me looking at Mr. Bujarelli and going, Mr. Bujarelli, the sky is purple. Oh, it would be more like, you know, Mr. Bujarelli, you need to have me on your podcast. You're, you're on the podcast right now, but I need to be on hey, next Mr. week. I'm not on the podcast. Why am I not on the podcast? I feel like I'm not on the air. It's like you're literally on the air. We're, we're talking right now. What the fuck is this? Exactly. This is this is goddamn dick. Okay. That's how dumb this was. Anyway, we move on to the next match of the evening. Oh, dear God. I don't, don't Do I even want to know? Uh, We got Willow Nightingale versus Anna JAS with Ty Cunty. What the motherfuck was this? <laughs> What was this? Why? Why? Why was this on my television? Who thought this was a good idea to put this on my television? Tony Khan. Thought, who thought these two girls, who are both greener than a cucumber's ass, <laughs> who thought this was a good idea to put the two of these bitches on TV? Whoever thought this deserves to have their genitalia stuck in hot oil. No, what not the, the hot oil. Fuck? Oh my god. These two, this was like watching two of my students try to figure out how to put something together at the last minute. This was, this was like, this was like watching a monkey try to fuck a football. (laughs) This, this, this was like watching a retard kid try to use a fork. You kind of want to look away, but then again, you kind of want to look to see if he's going to poke himself in the eye. (laughs) This is not good. This was just not good. (laughs) This was, this was, this. Okay, I hate women's wrestling. I, if I have women's wrestling on my TV, I want to see an athletic contest. This is why I hate women's wrestling, because they're not giving the women that can work five fucking minutes to work. What the hell was this? Um, Jesus Christ. It was like watching a train wreck. You're just opening the, the fold of your fingers to see some of it, because you're like, oh, this can't be no more, no more fucking worse. Yeah. Jesus 
Christ. This was this was fucking terrible. And Willow, Willow, God bless her. She tried. She tried. But neither one of these girls knew what the hell they were doing. I mean, damn. It this was just so bad. It was it was like the blind leading the blind. Like, God damn, dude. These two were just they they attempted it. They I think they knew what they were trying to do, but it just wasn't there. There was nothing there. Nothing there. And then we had what Ruby Soho come out at the end of this? Am yeah. I jumping too far? Yeah. After the match, Ruby Soho returns and attacks Mello. She dropped her with a destination unknown on the ramp. Um, okay. apparently, and she's just as damn. I mean, Ruby knows what she's doing. Heidi Lovelace, whatever you want to call her, she knows what she's doing. Ty Mello's just as damn, damn terrible. She's a heel with no expression. <laughs> she has a bitchy look on her face, and that's it. She can't talk. She can't look. She looks somewhat good, a little bit, if you if you're into slutty bitches that like fucking Spanish gods. But what the fuck? Yeah. This was this whole segment should have just been scrapped. It was difficult to watch. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I did notice one thing in the match that I gotta point out though. Mello, and this is probably the one, not only the one good thing in this match, but one thing that puts this match above a lot of matches you see on a consistent basis in AEW. Here's here's it is. Mello hits Willow with a cheap shot when the referee isn't looking. Yeah, at least she did that right. The girl can manage. The girl wouldn't be a bad yeah, manager. She's just a shit wrestler. And notice that I said referee isn't looking. Someone waited for the referee to not be looking to do something heelish. Yeah, and yeah. the referee somehow knew. To not fucking look. She would, like I said, Ty would not be a bad valet or manager. She can't really talk, but she wouldn't be bad because she does know when to interfere. But again, this was like watching the World Down Syndrome basketball team. You're you're sitting there waiting for one of them to make a play so you could kind of clap, but you can't clap at all. We gonna get letters. I don't care that this is. A, how else am I supposed to explain this to these people? I, no, I get it. I get it. It feels like watching it when you're in the business. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just like, oh, God. And this isn't even going to be the worst thing I'm going to say. You just wait. Oh, oh, I already know. But, um, but yeah, I thought the match was, de- I thought it was decent in some areas. But, yeah, these girls definitely need a lot of work. Um, Anna Jay like, especially. I want to cheer for you. I want you two to have a good match. I want to be there and be like, change my mind about women's wrestling. Please, change my mind. Yes, they had an athletic contest. But it just, it just... It was sad. It was sad. It looked like a kid with cerebral palsy trying to ride a pony that they just broke. Okay, okay. Can we... What the fuck? It was just sad. Gator, Gator, Gator. As much as I'm laughing my ass off, can we please have an analogy that won't get us letters? We're sitting here playing the fucking Titanic song because the ship's going down. Yes. Yes, we're out here going near far. Wherever you are, Mr. Boudreaux and I are just playing through the pain, watching the motherfucker sink. Gentlemen, playing with you has been the greatest joy of my life. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with, oh God, QT Marshall in pockets with Tony Schiavone. Marshall says he wants a lumberjack match for the All-Atlantic Championship, and Cassie says, all right, cool, and walks away. Okay, they got a lumberjack match Friday night. There you go. That's all that accomplished. <laughs> Good job, guys. What do you want me to say about this? This is not, This was terrible. <laughs> Hey, I want a lumberjack match. Okay. Why you want a lumberjack match? I don't really have a reason. I just want a lumberjack match. Okay. Well, he was. Here's the funny part. He's trying to explain why he wants a lumberjack match, and or just just like, all right, whatever. I don't care. Yes. Yes. And that shits upon the storyline. So whatever. Yeah. If you're gonna, if he's gonna say whatever, guess what? Don't be mad when people, when people see you on TV and go, whatever. I don't want to like. Don't be mad. If you're gonna say whatever. Then we're gonna treat you like that. Yeah. It's like whatever from wherever to wrestle whenever and. Everybody but he's like, but he makes being, he makes, he makes the, all of that look cool, though. He makes he being a slouch look cool. No, he doesn't. God, I want to strangle no, people when they say he that. he doesn't. He looks, he looks like, he looks like that kid at school that got bullied all the damn time. No, he looks like the kid at school who's trying to be mysterious, but in reality, there's no fucking mystery. He, he's probably just doing mystery. He's like, oh my God, I heard he killed somebody. I heard he was in jail. I heard he ate a live duck once. Everything but the beak and feet. Like, that kind of shit. Like, yeah. he's some kind of mystery guy, and really, he's like, I just sit on my grandma's couch and make spaghettios while watching Wheel of Fortune. That's pretty much his fucking life. That's and the lumberjack match because what QT Marshall's trying to say is he wanted a lumberjack match to keep the house of black out of the way. But Orange Cassidy thinks, oh, if I'm just cool and say whatever, that gets me over. And it's like, 
No, this is fucking stupid. He, this, anyone who cheers for this guy, you're a moron. I can't, I question, I question your taste in everything and you need therapy. And on that note, we're going to move on here to something that Gator's probably not going to like, but it was way more entertaining than this shit. Um, TBS Championship Celebration. Jay Cargill comes to the ring alongside Red Velvet and Lila Gray. She says she made the baddies and she got rid of the trash last week. She's first referring to Kira Hogan. Cargill questioned uh, Velvet and Gray for hanging out with ex-baddie Kira Hogan over the weekend. By that, she's referring to WrestleCade because the three of them did show up to WrestleCade. They were hanging out together. Even I was confused when I saw them walk into the building. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But anyway, Cargill says that standing next to her is a blessing. So they either get in line or step. She says the entire company is eating off of her and she is the brightest star in AEW. She says she puts asses in seats. Cargill calls Bow Wow a joke. Bow Wow appears on the video screen and says Cargill deserves all of the flowers. He says he has time, so he'll see Cargill soon. This was a waste of goddamn time. <laughs> this was just a waste of time. What the fuck was this bitch wearing? Dollar bills to cover her goodies? It was $100 bills, even though she has the goodies that I'd pay $3 for. What? I mean, what the fuck? I got $100 bills, y'all. Bitch, you look like you paid $30 for your damn hair. It looks like Olaf jizzed on your shit. Shut the fuck up and get off my television. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got fucking silver hair. Looked like Frosty the Snowman had a goddamn orgy. Jesus Christ. Get off my TV. Look like you fucking stuck tinsel on your head. Bitch, leave. She is a waste of damn time. Every time I see her on my TV, Mr. Bugirelli, I'm wishing for a meteor to crush her ass like the fucking dinosaur. Yes. Hell, she looks like a she looks like a goddamn T-Rex anyway. That's probably why she's mad. She can't reach a weenie. <laughs> Maybe she should start dating Luchasaurus. Or not. But um, I will say I did think this was stupid, and I, I do, and here's the thing. I do there is one thing I like about this. And even though Jay Cargill, she might rub some fans the wrong way, I do admire this, and I think, Gator, you can too. Because one of the things we always talk about is kayfabe. And mm -hmm. the fact that Kiera Hogan was kicked out of the baddies, but she was with the baddies at WrestleCade, and Jay called them out on it, I think was smart. Yeah, I mean, that that's cool and all, but here's my here's my problem with Jade, okay? I'm glad she called out the cafe. That's cool. My problem with Jade is, is the only way she can get over is if she gets up there and says, shit, piss, fuck, 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 fuck. I mean, let's remember, before they put the strains on how many times they could say shit on TV, this bitch was good. Cut the shit, Tony. Cut the shit, Tony. That was the only way she could get over because she couldn't figure out how to talk. She still can't figure out how to talk. She's boring and nothingless. Yeah, I mean, I get I mean, that. the entire TVS title is just a fucking joke dude it really is the women do not need a oh, mid-card title they can barely get the win they can barely get their world title over it that but true that's a thing and everybody acts like we have enough women to have multiple belts no you don't no, no you, you don't, don't have it neither does wwe no matter no. how many times they try to kid themselves okay no, it's just it, it's it's just sad because there's nothing okay this is they a, can't do anything with this you've got too many belts already every other yes. wrestler that is walking to the ring is holding a belt. Yes. Like, this is the thing there's about There's the Ring of Honor women's champion. There's the, there's the TBS women's champion. There's the women's champion, world champion. There's the men's world champion. There's the tag team champions. There's the Ring of Honor tag team champions. The AAA tag team champions. Would you like me to continue? No, but I do want to, no, but I do want to bring something interesting up that you just said. We have a Ring of Honor world sh women's champion? Yes. Why is she not on television? I know, you're not going to. That is the thing. If you they were doing that shit. They were doing that shit on Rampage because I because I hate my life. I watched Rampage this past Friday. I well, yeah, that's that's your that's your fault. We don't recap Rampage. It's not worth their goddamn time. No, but I hate my life, and I was hoping to catch something worth a damn. And the only thing that was worth a damn was was fucking Tin took his mask off and made made John Hubert, aka Brody Lee's kid, cry, which was kind of cool. Yeah, you got that, a dead dad, and I crushed your dreams. Ha ha. That was fucking great. That I saw 
saw that. I saw the clip of that. That was fucking beautiful. That um, was great. Your dad is dead, and I've crushed your dreams. Ha 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 ha. Yes, we heard you the first time. Um, but still funny. Yes, but I will say here's the other issue I have. So I like the kayfabe aspect of that. Um, Cargill's trying to cut a promo, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to follow this, but here's the problem. You can't follow her though. She rambles. She just rambles. Well, it's not just that. There's it's no story. There's no nothing. What I'm trying to say is that Go ahead. when I look at this, the problem I have with her promos is that she's not saying anything truthful. That's the issue I'm having is I have to believe in what you're saying and the entire company is not eating off of Jay Cargill. They're not. You're not the brightest star in AEW. You don't even shine. And you're not putting ass disease. Who is buying a ticket to see Jay Cargill? Who looks at Jay Cargill on a poster and is motivated to get out of their comfy couch, get into their car, drive miles away, burning up gas, which which costs a lot of money. Thank you, Biden. And parks this car, has to pay to park the car because the cities can't make money any other goddamn way. Then walk into the building, buy, pay an insane amount of money for tickets if they haven't bought them already. Walk through this big giant arena to find your fucking seat. Go to the concession stand that charges you out the ass for a beer, for a beer and hot dogs and whatever. And at least if you're in an arena, you're getting the good shit. Some of y'all go to indie shows where the hot dogs are older than the legend signing autographs. And then you got to sit yes. in an uncomfortable and, and, chair. And oddly, and oddly enough, the, le- the legend signing the autographs got paid in that same hot dog. Yeah. And then you got to sit in this comfortable chair in an uncomfortable chair because they wanted to see Jay Cargill. If you have ever done that, please, I beg of you, comment below on social media where this is posted. Please DM us on social media. I want to know who you are because I need to know how many Jay Cargill fans actually exist. Mr. Goodrelli, I want to talk to them and ask them questions about their mental health. I know. See, that's not because none of that's true. And the only thing, she only said one thing that's truthful. Bow Wow is a joke. Yeah. You know why he's a joke? Because he's not relevant anymore. Hell, there's to- every time I see him on t- every time I see on TV, the same thought goes through my head. Oh, I thought he was dead. That's all I'm thinking. Because I don't see him anywhere. And he says, I'm coming to aid. Why? What is Bow Wow going to have an intergender match with Jay Cargill? Or is he going to select or is he going to be like in Kiara Hogan's corner because Kiara is going to come back to whoop Jay Cargill's ass? I- is that the storyline we're going with? Like when she tried to bring in Shaq, like they're going to bring in Bow Wow to feud with Jay Cargill. I, this makes no fucking sense of any kind. This does nothing. It does nothing to elevate the TBS championship. It does nothing for ratings. Bow Wow, his star burned out years ago. I can't remember the last time this motherfucker put out music. I don't recall the last time he's been on the news. And here's the thing. I don't hate Bow Wow. I remember Lil Bow Wow when he was famous. When he was good, when he was in his prime and he used to tour as a musician and he got into movies and he was pretty damn good in the movies. Not, I wouldn't call him an A-list level fucking actor. You know, he's no Daniel Day-Lewis, but he can act. He's decent. He's good enough to where if he's in a movie, you might go, oh, that looks like fun. But he has not been relevant in a long time. He has done nothing. He is not moving a fucking needle. And that's the problem that AEW has. They have nobody to move the needle except maybe one or two people and what bothers me the most is they don't give a shit they don't see that as a problem you have nobody moving the needle and you don't see that as an issue that's not a priority that you need to fix and the reason they think they don't see it as a problem they need to fix and I'll sum up the answer in two words key demo that's all the fuck they care about Mm -hmm. is the key demo still the same are the same motherfuckers that watched last week Week, watching this week. That's all they care about. Yes, the same horny 18 to like 45 year olds that want to see Tony Storm's ass and see MJF cuss somebody and hope that the elite is going to come over and jack each other off as they jump off the top rope on a motherfucker that's just standing there. It's, yeah, that's all they watch. care about. This is not a company that wants to grow. And by the way, to anybody out there that's ever uttered this phrase, AEW's never going to go out of business because Tony Khan has billions of dollars here's a a, a news flash here's a news flash for you so does ted turner where's wcw
AEW. That's my point. Ted Turner has more money than Tony Khan will ever make in his lifetime. And WCW is non-existent. Because guess what? If you think Tony Khan is financing the company with his own money, you're fucking retarded. He's either using daddy's money or he's using or he's trying to generate revenue and put it back into the company like business people do. They don't try to use their money. They try to use other people's money to finance their company. They don't self-finance unless the money runs out. And after a certain point, if they're self-financing and no money's coming in, you think he's going to keep pumping money into this thing till he goes bankrupt? I'll tell you right now, if that is Tony's mindset, bet your bottom dollar that his dad's going to grab him by the ear, pull him to the side, and say, motherfucker, we are football owners first. And you ain't fitting to fuck the Jaguars just to make a bunch of Marks happy whose opinions change on the drop of a dime. Y'all are stupid. Alright, I've said all I need to say. Next, we cut to the backstage area with the acclaimed who are apparently being yelled at by Billy Gunn, and they don't have a match because no one wants to face them. Is that is, So is this supposed to be a, a drill sergeant type thing? Is that what I'm supposed to be getting from this? So yes, sir. Okay. He was he was trying to motivate them like drill sergeants and, you know, we want to face the best tag team in the world. How can you do that when you're already the best tag team in the world? Uh, we met the second best? I'm like, oh my god. It's, it, this, was, this was too goofy. It was too goofy. It was like, I look... The sad part, is, that part is, is I like the acclaimed. I think if they were reined in and they were given a chance to be fostered by somebody that knew what the fuck they were doing, they would be good. But they, they, they're not bad workers. They're not. And I like their gimmicks sometimes. I think, I still think the scissoring thing is overdone. And I think sometimes when they try to get comedic, it's not, comedy's not really their thing. It's better when they just talk normal and natural. When they try to be funny, they fail. It's, it's not them. So it's just weird. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the moment that Gator's been waiting for. Here we go, children. I'm going to be honest here. I, 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 Gator's going to do all the talking on this one because I didn't even pay attention to this because I didn't want to. Um, but it's the main event of the evening. Dear God, help us all. The best of seven series uh, with the AEW trios, titles, and the following views and events are about to be expressed belong 100% to Gator Ricky Ross. They do not deflect the views of the Boochcast or its affiliates. Um, although some parts might, but the basically anything that deeply offends you is not reflected by us. Anything you're okay with, we agree with. And that is Death Triangle defends the titles against the Elite. All six of you fucking assholes should be fucking castrated with a rusty fishing knife for shitting upon my business, okay? You should all be motherfucking ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of yourself. For shame, motherfuckers. For shame. For motherfucking shame. Mr. Bujarelli, this shit was terrible. This wasn't even wrestling. This was this was something that was being prostituted as professional wrestling. I can't listen to the song Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas anymore because it makes me want to throw things. This is just, they have killed, the elite has killed my love for Kansas. It has gone away like a dust in a wind. I'm, I'm, I'm so over these guys coming out and making a mockery of my business. And these same fucking fans that were, that were saying, this is awesome, this is awesome, for the lockup for two real wrestlers. Yes, I said real wrestlers because these guys are actually wrestlers and these guys over here, the elite and death triangle, are fucking gymnast punk spot monkey asshole. The real wrestlers, Brian Danielson and Max Harwood, they're, they're chanting. These fans are chanting, this is awesome. And then they start chanting, this is awesome for the fucking spot monkey bullshit. To each of these fans, this is what I ask. I hope your mother gets cancer. I hope your sister gets herpes on her fucking tongue and gets asshole fucking cancer and the shit fucking just festers on her ass and she gets a big blister and the bitch busts open and it fucking palpitates up her fucking tail. I hope your I hope your fathers all get their kneecap busted with a hammer. I hope I hope all of your grandmothers left titty falls off. I hope your fucking second cousin gets fucking crotch rot and you sons of bitches. I hope your girlfriend diddly falls off and fucking falls in the damn crapper and turns black. I hate all of you for shitting upon my business. 
You think I handled it? Very well. That was that's 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 about all we can really say because it's the same shit. Uh, the only thing I'm gonna say is uh, the elite won this one, which means this thing's gonna go on a little bit longer. Yes, we have to deal with more of this shit. And I don't know if I have the will to live anymore, children. There is no God. Yeah, we got. We... Oh my God, Mr. Bugarelli. Yeah. So there's at least so this is the third match in the whole fucking series, and so far oh, it's two to God. one. So we're gonna get at least a minimum of two more of these motherfuckers. But do not think for one second they're not gonna go all the way to match seven. Don't think for one oh, second this is gonna go all the way to fucking seven. That's what's gonna happen. I think the elite's gonna win again. Then Death Child's gonna win the next one. The elite's gonna win the other one. Then we're gonna go to the next the last one and see who fucking wins that. It's gonna be up three three. Then they're gonna go to the last one and fucking Death Triangle's gonna lose and the elite's gonna win and they're gonna jack off their fucking egos because they have to have a title because they're the fucking EVPs and this is how they work. This is how they roll. Carry on my wayward sons right into a vat of boiling fucking oil, you fucking asshole. Jesus Christ. It is. It is hell. I hope on the drive home you all go off a fucking cliff. Yes. I hope one day they free us from this hell. And anyway... It, it was just not... Yeah. But anyway, that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up this uh, recap of AEW. Um, Gator, as always, I uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. I'm glad that you're the new AEW correspondent, and I look forward to talking to you on the next one. Oh, yeah. One. Get ready for the violence every Wednesday, children. Oh, yeah. Because if I see some shit, if I see some shit that I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you, if I see some shit I like, like the, the MJF stuff, the opening contest, I'm going to be honest with you. It's good shit. This is how modern wrestling should be done. But then there's things like that women's match, which I feel bad about what happened. But I have to be honest with you. That is true. We, we are honest on this I show. I have to be honest with you. I'm going to give you my wrestling brain joke. Now, if you get offended because you're a snowflake, then this is not the podcast for you. Yes. We do not have room for these snowflakes on this program. Um, just know I'm, I'm, I am defending my opinion. And Mr. Budrelli will tell you, for me to say something's good, it, it has to have some sort of old school flavor. Because I'm the traditionalist of this group, correct? Uh, yes. You are. And then you're probably the second most traditional in this group yes and I would say um, Zach is number three. No, no, Elvis is number three. Um, Zach is Zach would be four. Yeah, I would put somebody in front of Elvis, but anyway. I mean, yeah, maybe Zach would go in front of Elvis. Um, I'll put John in front of Elvis. Okay, all right, yeah. So yeah, so John, yeah, John would probably go after, but go before Elvis. Then it'd be Elvis. Then it'd be Zach, and then Desmond would be dead last. Yes, even though we're 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 learning the ginger. Yes, we're we're educating the ginger. Yes, um, he is. Yes. He, he he is under our tutelage. He has he, he has he has he has learned very well. Um very well. I have been watching territory wrestling right now. It's actually great. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So uh make sure you guys uh follow the Boochcast. We're on uh Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also like us on Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of shows as well as great content. Be sure to check out the playlist that shows our predictions that Wens and I had for WWE Survivor Series and be on the lookout for the WWE Survivor Series recap of the male soap opera moment coming soon to the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we should have some Dark Side of the 90s episodes coming real soon. I'm currently in the process of editing the first episode so I'm trying to get everything ready to come out to you guys as soon as possible. Also, follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast as we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 28th for the WWE Royal Rumble. Uh, we'll be getting together for the first stop on the road to WrestleMania as we got the men's and women's Royal Rumbles commencing to find out who will be main eventing nights one and two of WrestleMania 39. Also, you'll be, we got our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. Also, you guys can support the Boochcast. Go to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, our basic level, 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know 
know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock. Don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got to put that $9.99. $10.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and he believes they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and continue our never-ending quest to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! And I'm the Gator, and I'll see you later. Yeah. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.